I loved Top Gun Maverick, but it was missing one thing for me. And here's what it is. What's happening, Panda Nation? Peter Von Panda here. Um, if you have not seen Top Gun Maverick and you are planning on going to see it, you know, you would probably want to tune out of this right now because the thing that I want to discuss reveals something about the movie and I'm going to give you a spoiler alert. So we're going to spoil the movie for you. Unfortunately, if you have seen it, then join me here. Tell me what you thought. Did you like Top Gun Maverick, Top Gun 2? Uh, for the lay person. Brian, what's happening, man? Thanks for joining me here. So glad to have you here. Maybe you guys are getting done with work. I was actually watching a little of the Live Golf Tournament, the first one with Bryson DeChambeau. Bryson is a super interesting guy. He has kind of changed my golf swing here in the last couple of years to single plane. Andy, good evening to you. Thanks for joining again. Uh, got a couple peeps on here, but um, I'm using the single plane swings, single length golf clubs. Uh, they're mutually exclusive, by the way. You don't have to adopt one and then the other. You can just go with either one of them or none at all. You can go with variable length and uh, multi-plane swing, whatever. But just wanted to see how he would do on his first uh, Live Golf Tournament. But I really just love seeing him drive. If uh, the Live Golf Tournament coverage wants to be as effective as possible, they will make sure that they cover all 18 or 16 because I think there's a couple par threes on there. Um of his drives. Anyway, but if you have seen Top Gun Maverick, then you probably know where I fall in this. Top Gun, the original Top Gun from the 80s, was one of my um, favorite movies of all time. There is a reason why it increased Navy recruiting by 500%. It was just an awesome movie. They call it Rock and Roll the Skies. The music was great. The footage was great. The action, the story, all of that. It just, it just moved me. And as a kid, you know, eight or nine years old, maybe at that time, the reality was it just hit me like a ton of bricks and I never forgot it. And, um, you know, I love the name ever too. Pete Mitchell, Pete, Sam, welcome. Glad to have you here. Looks like we got a handful of peeps. So glad to have everyone here. So I just love Top Gun. I've been waiting for Top Gun 2. In fact, the original Top Gun writers were working on a Top Gun 2 shortly after Top Gun. Uh, the actual two Top Gun writers, and the reason I heard this or know it, I don't know that it's a fact fact, but the two writers actually collaborated on Top Gun virtually. So they did things, I don't know if it was by email or fax or whatever it was in the day, but one of the writers was from Michigan. I think he was an instructor, a writing instructor up at Michigan State University. I think that's why uh, Michigan kind of claims a little fame there. And they were writing another, and, and I saw some interviews where they were kind of talking about why they put some of the things in the movie and why they did it. You know, there is no Top Gun trophy. You just kind of graduate from Top Gun. You know, there is no ranking. Otherwise, people would kill themselves, you know, but they needed the trophy. They needed an aerial accident. It was supposed to be a mid-air collision, but they ended up having to go to a uh, a flat spin, spin out, because the Navy didn't want to show a mid-air co collision. They didn't want that to kind of be in the minds of, you know, what the Navy does. So that's why they went with the jet wash thing. And, and I heard them talking about it and that they were working on a Top Gun 2. So ever since I saw Top Gun, like my hopes were sky high that I was going to see a Top Gun 2. So we only had to wait a few decades to get a sequel, which I loved. And it delivered on pretty much everything I wanted. You know, I wanted to see the original characters. I'm so glad Val Kilmer was able to be in it. Again, spoiler alerts are about to flow here no and i'm a talkative guy so the spoiler alerts are just going to come out whether they're relevant to this discussion or not um 
So if you liked Top Gun Maverick, I would love to know why. And maybe you didn't even see the first one. Maybe you just loved it as a standalone. If you didn't like it, I would love to know that too, because I'm not sure why anyone wouldn't like it. Even people who never saw the original Top Gun, I feel like liked it. It was just an entertaining movie. But as someone who saw the first one and was, you know, and probably saw the first one now a hundred times. Um, so I, I know every, know it all, know all the lines, you know, as I got older, I kind of started to understand what was going on and, you know, the faceless adversary and all that stuff. Uh, if you've not seen Top Gun 1, Brian, I would, or if you have not seen either of them, I would definitely, I would definitely say, check it out. But um, one of the things that ended up happening, and here's where we get to the spoilers, is that Val Comer uh, is in it for a very short period of time. He is obviously evolved as a person, as a character, um, since the Top Gun original one, you know, in many ways, personally, professionally, obviously. And he dies, and there is a funeral scene for him, and it's a fairly quick funeral scene. And at the time, I thought it was just fine. You know, it wasn't until the very end when I was thinking back on the movie that I would have done something a little different at the funeral scene, and I would have brought back for a very brief cameo, the guys from the original movie. You know, I'm talking Sundown, Merlin, which is Tim Robbins, uh, Wolfman, uh, Hollywood, you know, um, Willard and Simkin on Cats 3 and 4. Uh, but I would have brought them, the Rios, all those guys, man. There were just so many guys. You know, uh, Rick Rosovich, Slider, would have been awesome to see that. You know, and I, I don't know if these guys are alive, to be honest. I mean... They were probably in their 20s or 30s, 35 years ago. Um, so some of them may have gone on. Some of them, I mean, a bunch of them, I'm sure, are, are just out of acting, you know, completely. I haven't seen them in anything. But, uh, and Hot Shots is great, Brian. I still watch clips from Hot Shots all the time. Uh, Hot Shots and Hot Shots, part deux. Part deux. Um, So I'm glad to have finally have Top Gun, part deux. But uh, I would have loved to have seen those guys lined up with Tom Cruise, you know, and it could have just been a quick thing, you know, they wouldn't have had the lines, uh, potentially, you know, and I think it would have been a little bit of a throwaway scene for most people, but for some of us, and you kind of got to age people up and sometimes it's not that easy to recognize people if you haven't seen them in 30 plus years. Um, but I think enough of the original fanboys like me would have recognized like Rick Rasovich and some of those other guys standing there and been like, no way. Right. And if someone, tells me that they were in there and I missed it. I am just going to, I'm just going to uh, throw up all of myself because I will be uh, heartbroken that I missed something like that. Some sort of homage back to the original. And then even um, when Maverick pounds his wings into the coffin, which is as far as I can tell is not really a military thing except for the Navy SEALs. And if any other, um, you know, branch of the military does it or any other you know special operations does it let me know but you know he kind of pounds the wings in there and he's the only one that does it in the movie and so i think that's okay because it's not saying like it's a tradition and guys were lining up to do it um he was just kind of making a personal gesture but to be honest if he had done that and then you had seen you know slider wolfman hollywood sundown you know all these other guys um you know do it i would have even said like Viper and Jester, I, those guys are still around, Michael Ironside, and uh, um, I can't think of the dude's name, but, you know, if those guys were there too, I mean, again, even just like a panning scene where they're just lined up in suits, you know, or in their military uniform, dude, that would have 
that would have killed me right there. That would have killed me. And the the point where I realized that they weren't going to be in there, and it's not like I was going into the movie saying like, oh, I want to see all these old guys. I kind of didn't think they were going to be in there because spoiler alerts that come out before the movie, a lot of these people will say like, oh, I'm in it. You know, come, you know, so glad to be back. You know, the Instagram and a lot of these guys are just gone from the public eye. And I don't like I said, I don't even know if they're on the earth anymore. Duck, what's happening? Glad you're here. And um, so I don't know like what it would have taken to get them there. But that would have been awesome. And where it really hits you, and if you've seen the first one, is at the end when they play the closing credits, instead of rolling the credits like this right away, what they do is they kind of do like these um, kind of like television show credits where they show you the characters and then they show you like their their, their screen, the stage name, their, their, their um, you know, character name, and then they show the real name. And they did that in the original Top Gun where they would show like, you know, Goose, Anthony Edwards, and then they show like Slider, Rick Rosovich, you know, and, and they would just kind of scroll through the main characters like that. And they do the exact same thing in the exact same font at the end of Top Gun 2. It would have been interesting had they used the Righteous Brothers song again. That would have kind of hit me in the feels. But it was when they went through that and I realized there were all these names in the first movie that ne didn't necessarily become household names, but they were so important to the movie itself. And it just kind of showed that there was like this brotherhood that even though I wouldn't have necessarily pulled their name out of anywhere, like I wouldn't have known the name or maybe even their call sign or any of that. You just see them and you're kind of like, man, yeah, he was there. He was there. He was there. And then they do that at the end and you realize, Hey, all those original guys aren't there. You know, there's just a few carryovers. And so uh, kind of hit me and I was like, Oh man, I would have loved for those guys to be in there. And then if they did film any scenes, like, you know, they're talking to Maverick or whatever at the funeral, um, roll those post credits or put those in the DVD special. I don't know if you guys remember DVDs. They were like these discs that you would put into a machine and then play things. You'd actually have to buy a movie on physical media. Um, but the um, that uh, that would have been awesome to just see some of the stuff that hit the cutting room floor and didn't make it. So Tom Gun 3, Peter Von Panda. You know what? I'm, I'm totally for that. I, you know, I... Uh, don't necessarily look like a naval aviator, but that's what makes me so deadly is that you underestimate me, you know, the extra poundage and the shortness and the long, the long arm limbs, but the short leg limbs, you know, and the chubby cheeks and the double chin. Um, yeah, that's, that's the military threat you never see coming. And uh, you'd never see me coming all day long. Actually, I heard once that to be a good secret agent and this was, I heard this years and years ago, is that a James Bond would never be like a spy for a country. He's just like too good looking. Like all the actors that ever played James Bond, they're too good looking. What you want is the gray man. They call it the gray man theory, right? Uh, someone who can absolutely be out in public, like around people, and you never see him. It's kind of like silver Honda Odysseys, you know? Uh, th maybe the most popular minivan out there, but you never see him because you see so many of them. They're so, you know typical right and so the gray man theory is that you can walk anywhere you can walk in and out of buildings meetings parties all the stuff and no one knows you're there and that's the key to being a spy and so james Bond wouldn't exist it's all kind of guys like me that never get a second look you can't be too good looking you can't be overly ugly <laughs> thank you did i say i wasn't overly ugly cool. thank you peter for that compliment um but uh, you just have to be bland and blend in which is me, aside from the pumpkin-sized head, which people would be like, holy smokes, is that like a real-life Charlie Brown? But uh, that's where 
at the time when I had heard that and made total sense to me, that's what you need as a spy. I remember when um, Edward Snowden came out and said he was a spy. And then I saw him like on a interview and I didn't know what he looked like. And I was like, totally, he's totally a spy because that is absolutely the gray man look. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't look, he's not good looking. He's not ugly. He's just bland, average, forgettable, anonymous, generic. And that actually like, and then all this other stuff later that came out, you know, obviously suggested he was a spy in his whole life and his situation. But as soon as he said he was a spy and I saw his picture, and even when people were like, oh, no, he's like a Booz Allen consultant, he's like delusional or something, I was like, mm, no, from everything I've heard, anecdotally, uh, he fits the picture. So, yeah, Iceman was a great character. Um, and it's just so interesting because, to me, it's like the depth of the characters. You know, it's it's a little bit like what I love about Cobra Kai is that, you know, the Karate Kid movies were good, but in a movie, you only have a couple hours to kind of set the stage for people. You can't make them too layered. You can't make them too multifaceted and dimensional because you just don't have that time, you know? And and you can, I mean, you can kind of add some of these things. I, they did it well in The Rock where they made Harris like the villain, but kind of like a relatable and uh, kind of valiant in some ways, right? But what I loved about Cobra Kai is that it just kind of built on that and then added dimension, added kind of all these thoughts. You know, um, uh, Johnny was not just like kind of a single-minded fool. I mean, he is, but like there are reasons for that. And so that's why I appreciate it. And Top Gun 2 kind of added that dimension to all these characters that were good, but you just didn't get to see a lot of dimension. And to think about, especially the Iceman character, who was kind of the villain in the first one, um, but obviously had some redeeming qualities, especially when Goose died. Spoiler alerts for Top Gun 1, but if you haven't seen it in 35 years, you know, I don't feel bad about spoiling that. I mean, there's only a certain amount of time I can wait before I'm going to throw out some spoilers. But, um, you know, when he kind of shows that he has like this empathy towards Maverick on, on that, you know, you start seeing those layers, but they obviously can't go too deep in it. And then obviously at the end, you know, I mean, the feels there after the final battle. And then again, the, the the recall to that in Top Gun Maverick was just well done. It was a little on the nose, but it's kind of what I needed. I'm a simple mind. I need simple things. I need action, love, beauty, speed, military, uh, machinery, cars, you know. And uh, usually cream rich ice cream, you know. Cream rich, you know, so it's super smooth and uh, melty and soft at any temperature. So anyway, if you haven't seen Top Gun Maverick, I would suggest that you do it. It broke a bunch of records. It's obviously very easy to watch. It's a fairly long movie, I think, too, but you get your money's worth out of it. Um, if you are going to go see it and you have an IMAX around you, I would suggest doing that. I didn't see it on IMAX, but I can totally understand why I think they shot it in IMAX format specifically because you can feel like you are in the cockpit at some of these planes. I bet that's probably a really awesome experience. So it's probably worth spending the extra couple bucks. If you see that scene and agree with me that they didn't need to bring the old characters back, I'd be happy to hear that too. But um, I just checked my note cards here and I'm right on that. So regardless of what you say, I'm right on that. So, uh, but otherwise, yeah, great movie. I do want to see it again, <sighs> but I got a fundraise for that. Anyway, Peter Von, Pacta, Peter Von Panda is definitely an actor's name. I could be if it weren't my real name. It's kind of sad, but uh, if I had any acting chops, you know, uh, 
Mavericks re-engaging, sir. That's how I would read the line. Anyway, thanks for joining me again. And uh, I will look forward to seeing you. I have some other things that I really want to talk about, man. Um, I've got to get online to do some more live streams because I got some other things I want to share with you. Some fascinating trivia and uh, just some some cool stuff that isn't a review, particularly just kind of like fun stuff I want to share with you. But anyway, that's it for tonight. Top Gun 2 was excellent with a little tweak, with a little suggestion from me. It could have been mind-blowing. Which is a tall order because I don't have a lot of mind to spare. All right, that's it. Peter Von Panda, out. We can stop more and explore so much deeper.